Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studio in Nashville, Tennessee, it's time for Regions Business Radio Nashville. Regions Business Radio Nashville is presented by Regions Bank. Brave the beginning. Member FDIC. Welcome to Regions Business Radio Nashville, presented by Regions Bank, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. I'm your host, Kelly Key, Executive Vice President with Regions, and we are broadcasting live from our Business Radio X studio set up inside the Regions Bank building in downtown Nashville. Welcome again to everyone. As we continue our podcast series centered around discussing key issues and topics related to the Nashville and Middle Tennessee markets, we will have a couple of special guests with us today. We have Durham Pettigrew. Durham is a relationship manager with Regions Bank for the past eight years. Durham, as well as our other bankers, really serve a a variety of different types of businesses across the Middle Tennessee area. Our other guests today are Clint Gwynn, President and CEO of Pathway Lending, and Hank Helton, Executive Vice President from Pathway as well. In previous versions of this podcast, we have really focused on Middle Tennessee and hopefully brought relevant content to the audience. Uh, While that continues with this episode, today's guests have a further reaching audience, which is not just Middle Tennessee, but really all of Tennessee. Regions has had a long-standing investment relationship with Pathway Lending, at least as long as I've been here, which is pushing 19 years currently. So, Clint, Hank, again, thank you guys for, for coming on. I'll just kind of open it up to you guys. Tell a little bit about Pathway Lending. Pathway Lending is a CDFI, Community Development Financial Institution. And Hank and I were talking earlier, while that's a very powerful acronym, not many people know what you guys really do. So in addition to giving us a little bit of background about yourselves, tell us a little bit about a CDFI. What is it? What do you guys really look to do? Kelly, thank you for having us. And Durham, thank you as well. Let's start with CDFI. Uh, Community Development Financial Institutions were created nearly 30 years ago in a bipartisan effort between a Republican Congress and then-time President Clinton to create community-based financial institutions that could really target and support the low-income communities and low-income individuals living in America that needed additional access to capital, but also needed access to capacity building. And so that's how our industry started. Uh, The industry currently has about 1,200 CDFIs across the country. Uh, They're broken into primarily three groups. Uh, You have depository CDFIs, which are financial institutions, banks, typically smaller community banks. You have credit union CDFIs, again, typically smaller community-based credit unions. And then you have the last two, which are are where Pathway kind of falls, in the uh, nonprofit revolving loan funds sector, which is where Pathway is, and there are about 450 to 500 nonprofit revolving loan funds in the country that are certified as CDFIs. And then you've got about 50 community development venture capital firms that really focus on putting equity capital to work in low-income communities and low-income markets across the, the country. And so it's the combination of these three groups of, of financial institutions really targeting bringing capital resources into markets that have historically been underserved. We're proud to be the largest CDFI, uh, non-depository CDFI in the state of Tennessee at Pathway Lending. And as you look at CDFIs, the real item that, that separates us from traditional financial institutions is really the fact that we have certain metrics we have to meet with regard to where we do our work, where we do our lending, where we do our community outreach, where we do our training. And for CDFIs, that means a minimum of 60% of our activities, lending and activities to support uh, 
uh, low-income communities have to be in low-income communities. And so that really is the distinguishing characteristic around CDFIs as, as an entity, as an industry, a relatively new industry when you think that we're really only about 30 years old as an industry. Uh, that, that allows us to work with partners like Regions who've been with us since 2000, a little bit longer than you've been here, but have been with us the whole time to be able to, to bring capital resources into markets that historically have struggled to get the capital they need. You mentioned low-income areas, and people think Nashville growing, you know, very much a, a significantly uh, higher-income type of a market, and that's true in some spots. But where would be some some areas that you would think of that may be low-income, or where you guys would be investing in Nashville? Well, historically, it may be a surprise to a lot of people that downtown Nashville was considered a low-income area based on how the census tracts were drawn in downtown Nashville until the 2020 census tracts. Uh, in the 2020 census, downtown Nashville was actually considered a lower-income community. North Nashville, for instance, is considered a lower-income community. If you look to the southeast part of the county, a lot of those census tracts are also low-income communities. But it, you'd be surprised. They're scattered everywhere, uh, even, even in counties where you'd least expect it. Williamson County, for instance, has low-income census tracts in their downtown area as well. Really, there are pockets, if you will, of communities that have historically been underserved and have historically had a lack of access to capital. I think we can look back to housing, early days of housing in the U.S. when the federal government redlined communities for home loans. That that still persists, and, and the impacts of those early housing decisions at the federal level have prevented those communities from having traditional access to capital. And so if you start with that, our goal all along is to continue to make capital available to all communities at an equal level. I think one of the things is in addition to low-income geographies or communities, um, as a community development financial institution, we have target market goals. 60% of our lending has to be either in a low and moderate income geography or community, but also we focus on black-owned businesses and low-income entrepreneurs as well. So it's not just about geography, it's also about income level. Um, in addition to that, we have a secondary focus, but still a very important focus of the work that we do on veteran and women-owned businesses. We run a women's business center um, that's statewide. We also have a Veterans Business Opportunity Center that we run in partnership with the SBA. And both of those provide us really good opportunities to get into those markets as well, both on the education and on the lending side. Um, we're unique in the fact that we just don't lend money. We provide a very high level of education resources to our clients, either in pre and post loan environment or in general classroom environments for the greater community. Now, both of you guys have a very interesting, very diverse background, not necessarily tailored to nonprofits. So why don't you say, tell us a little bit how you got started in uh, in this business? Mine is, mine is an interesting one. Um, I, I started my career in the financial services industry as a bank examiner for the FDIC. Had the opportunity to go work for the FDIC in, of all places, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, spent six years of my career examining banks in New Mexico and West Texas. Uh, had a great opportunity to come to Nashville. Came to Nashville in the, the late 90s, 97 to be exact, to, to work here and to work in both the Middle Tennessee market and the East Tennessee market for FDIC. So I, I got to see the unique insides of how banks operate as a regulator, um, but then also got to spend time in the communities that those banks served and were serving to understand what the real needs in those communities were. And so it was the combination of those two aspects that, that led me to the CDFI industry. I wanted to 
be in an industry where I could take the financial banking skills that I learned, but also have the ability to really work in communities uh, that needed additional resources and additional services. And so the CDFI industry really fit me as an individual extremely well, allowed me to bring, you know, two pieces of my life that were very important, my financial services background, plus my uh, community desires uh, together in one place. Hank, what about you? Clint and I have had very similar backgrounds, one might say almost parallel. So um, I spent a good little over 10 years at the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta as a bank examiner as well, both on the consumer and on the commercial side. Ended my career um, at the Fed to help start Pathway Lending, actually. Um, and uh, fortunate enough that Clint and I, were, 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 we met when we were both regulators and we've had the opportunity to continue to our, our business relationship throughout the last 20 some odd years. Um, and so it's, it's much aligns. I think our interests are both very much aligned in how we ended up here, where we are today. Um, the other thing is that as we travel the state, or as I travel the state with the Fed, and as Clint traveled the state with the FDIC, there was just such a demand and need for something on the small business side. There were a number of nonprofit CDFIs working in the housing arena, doing affordable housing and doing a great job, but there just weren't any real resources available in the small business community to do the work that we do in the communities that we serve. So it was very much of a, a mission-driven calling, I think, for both of us, hence our 501c3 status um, as a mission-driven organization. And, you know, it's important to us that we do that work every day, and it's also exciting that we get to do it every day. Congratulations. You built a, a great company and, and certainly uh, in a well-needed area. So, you know, you mentioned your, your capital and, and your non-depository institution. Tell us a little bit how you get your, about how you get your capital and, and maybe in particular your relationship with the bank. We, we wouldn't be here without our relationship with Regions and, and our other bank partners, for sure. We have a great relationship with our bank partners, and they provide us typically long-term capital so that we can relend that capital to entrepreneurs that need it. The other side of our business is there are some grant opportunities for us, which really helps us build our balance sheet so that we can grow the organization. And so the CDFI Fund, on an annual basis, awards grants to CDFIs to help them build capacity and to expand expand their reach. But also, we've had the great opportunity to partner with mayors across the state of Tennessee, as well as three gubernatorial administrations in Tennessee at this point to bring additional capital resources. So we're fortunate in that we have some great partnerships with not only our banks as stakeholders, but then our, our community leaders and the governments that serve those citizens in those markets. And really, you know, we really started this whole thing working with individual mayors who wanted access to capital for their community small businesses and so that started in Chattanooga and it went to Memphis and then it went to Knox County and then it came to Nashville um, and then we saw a huge demand over the years in rural markets where we really didn't have a lot of capital and that was when we worked with the Bredesen administration and the legislature to create a rural opportunity fund to bring the same resources that the big four cities had to the rural markets in the state to be able to access capital and capacity building resources and so that's continued over the years and, and then we added more to that uh, with our Small Business Jobs Opportunity Fund which is a statewide pool of capital for small businesses can take a little more risk with those funds uh, because we have some more resources from the state but it's all about partnership. It's all about putting the pieces of the puzzle together for us. Uh, it's the, the capital component, the first lost capital, if you will, the net assets of the business. It's the borrowed capital from our financial institutions who 
send us through a lot of due diligence, as you well know, Kelly and Durham, uh, before you lend us anybody. And and then it's about building the other pieces, the grants to help support the capacity building. We're fortunate in that we've had a relationship with the SBA's microloan program going on 23 years now. And that really provides us some additional capital to really provide the much needed pre and post loan technical assistance that Hank talked about. And that's really the differentiator, I think, when you look at CDFIs in the marketplaces. CDFIs are one of the few places where an entrepreneur can come and get assistance in building their business, but also get the capital to build their business. It's that unique piece where typically you have the, the capacity building resource one place and the capital resource in another place. CDFIs are really the one place in the market where those two pieces are in the same building at the same time being run by the same people. So it it helps to accelerate that access to the capital piece. We really created this business model on what I like to refer to as a safe, sound, and profitable opportunity for our stakeholders, particularly for our financial institutions. Back when we were regulators, we always used to tell our banks that, you know, this isn't charitable work. This can be a profit center or at least a a good margin business for your bank. And so one of the things that we like to do is we pride ourselves on our ability to structure transactions that do provide you all with safe, sound, and profitable opportunities to work with us as we build our capital stack. And as Clint mentioned, typically that's private capital combined with public capital and then some additional resources that we can generate through our our business activity. I think the other important thing to to know about our industry and how we actually look at opportunities is, is we are an opportunity lender at the end of the day. So while no offense, you guys take a little bit of a longer look back we take a shorter look back, but a much longer look forward. So we're looking for businesses that have opportunities to grow, um, that have either a proven place in the market, or they've won a contract, or they have a need for a piece of equipment to increase production, to meet demands for their product. So we really focus on the opportunity and the entrepreneur and their ability to produce. Um, Although the financial aspects of it are important, we like to get our money back so we can pay you guys back. Um, But more importantly, it's really looking at what is that opportunity for the entrepreneur and how do we work with them to get them into the financial mainstream to be a good customer for you at the end of the day. We joke around the office that it's a terrible business model. We give away our best customers um, because we work with them through the the capital side and the education side, and then they go back to a traditional financial institution. Um, That means we can go help somebody else, which really that's what we're all about. Sure. As much impact in the market as we can have. Well, like I say, you guys do a great job. In fact, I think this week we're Regions Bank is making an additional six million dollar investment in Pathway, so that'll that'll happen uh, later part of this week, and so we're definitely pleased with with the returns and obviously with the outcome of you guys' programs. Thank you very much for that, and and that is great news to hear on a Monday morning or whatever day of the week this is. Uh, thank you very much for that that announcement of additional capital, and I think it's important to note that you know while small business lending is really the the major focus of what we do at Pathway Lending, uh, the additional capital capital that a big piece of that that y'all are providing for us is for our affordable multifamily program. We saw a need in the market and we had some requests from our bank partners, typically smaller community banks, for assistance in understanding how to meet affordable housing needs in their communities, especially on the multifamily front. And so in 2012, we launched a collaboration with the Tennessee Bankers Association to help finance affordable housing projects, communities uh, across the state. And y'all's additional investment is really helping us to expand that. And what we've seen over the years is that it's not just urban areas that need it. 
it's rural areas. If you look at a lot of the transactions we do in our affordable multifamily space, they're in smaller communities that need 40 or 50 or 60 units of affordable housing to be maintained and rehabbed and put back into the marketplace. But what we're also seeing here in Nashville, and it's a unique thing that, that we've done beginning three years ago, is we've created an emerging developer program. And so we, we've got a, a, a core group of about 60 emerging of developers we've been working with for about two years that are wanting to buy their first or second or third duplex or quadplex or sixplex. And so that's a great space for us to blend our entrepreneur side of our business, small business with the affordable housing piece of what we do. And so what we've seen is that we're able to give them the training, education and capacity building as an entrepreneur who wants to be in the affordable in the multifamily space or investment property space and then also come in behind them and help them finance that. And so thank you all again for your support of, of how we're broadening the idea of entrepreneurship. And uh, we really think that there is a tremendous opportunity for smaller developers, smaller owners to really make an impact in the need for affordable housing, not just in Nashville, but across Tennessee. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, coming from a small town in West Tennessee, you know, 2,500, 3,000 people, you know, they kind of get overlooked for things like this. When you've got a Nashville or an Oxford, Chattanooga, Memphis, they kind of get overlooked in those, but those people are still, you know, in need of these kinds of services. So, you know, with that kind of a backdrop, you know, how would a potential customer go about, you know, getting in touch with Pathway and, and perhaps starting this process? There are a number of ways. Primarily, we do like to drive a lot of our business to our website, but really our referral model is typically how we get most of our business activity. Um, about 60% of our business activity comes from our bank partner referrals. You guys will have a client that you want to help, but you can't quite get there because of a couple of reasons. Send them to us and we'll work with them. And usually we can provide them that access to capital piece, whether it be for small business development, affordable housing, energy efficiency lending, which we do as well. So there's that component to our our business that really is based on our referral driven kind of model. The other piece of that is, you know, we are increasing our media presence, our social media presence on a daily basis. So we've got a very robust website that we like to drive a lot of business to. And then in addition to our other partners that we work with, the small business development centers across the state, uh, the minority business development centers across the state, the urban leagues across the state, really getting in there and working with them to make their clients and their constituents aware of the products and services that we offer. So um, again, it's very much heavily partner and referral based in terms of how we generate business, almost a grassroots type of business generation activity. But I think at the end of the day, um, that really gives us credibility and brings some respect to the work that we do from our clients perspective. We meet our clients where they are right? So um, if they're in an SBDC or if they're at an urban league or if they're at a minority business development center, we'll go to them. Um, we have very little walk-in traffic, so to speak. So we're not very, very, even though we have offices in Chattanooga and in Knoxville and in Memphis and we're headquartered here, our team is out in the community every day, reaching out, doing what they need to be doing, raising the awareness level of Pathway. Well, you know, you've got a great team, and I guess I would be remiss by, by not asking that since this is on the topic of every customer that we talk to. So where do you get your people, and how do you keep them? I guess those are the real questions. I know we actually hired one of your people to work for us, so we, we may be part of the problem. But uh, So how, where do you find your people, and how do you keep them? It is a unique model in that, uh, much like Hank and myself joining Pathway and, and being a part of the organization, a lot of people reach out to us because they find out about what we do and it aligns with their personal values. 
and they want to join us. We still have to recruit. Don't get me wrong. We have to recruit all the time. We've been doing a lot of recruiting during the pandemic. But really, it's it's interesting to see that as we go through an interview process or we get resumes in, it, it is a personal alignment with a mission alignment that and a values alignment that brings a lot of folks to our organization. On our advisory services team that, that really works to build the capacity of our, our, our potential borrowers and borrowers, a lot of those folks are retirees that, you know, had very successful long-term careers, retired, and wanted to do something that, that mattered. No offense to how much money or whatever they did in their first part of their lives. And they come to us, really reach out to us with a desire to say, hey, we, we, we see what you're doing. We've got some skills. We'd like to participate. How can we join your team? How can we work with you? On the lending side, it's a lot of the same way. No offense, some people get frustrated uh, in the traditional financial services banking model. Um, they can't help everybody they want to. And so they end up looking for opportunities where they can go deeper into some communities that matter to them. But no, we are, we are very fortunate to have a very dedicated team of folks who really have chosen to come to Pathway. They had a lot of other opportunities. They get a lot of opportunities regularly, as most of them are in front of bankers all the time who are always recruiting. But really, they, they've said, you know, this is something that matters to me personally. It's part of my values. And I want to be able to align my personal values with my work values. And Pathway is a spot that really gets them to that area. Don't think just because we're a nonprofit 501c3, we can't pay competitive salaries. We have to pay competitive salaries in the market. We just have that extra little bump to to get them hopefully over over the goal line to, to join the team. But it is a challenge. I mean, the, these are really trying times for hiring talent. We actually uh, grew our staff about 40% during the pandemic. Um, we had a lot of extra work that came to us uh, from a lot of our great partners like Regions and other financial institutions who provided us some additional grant capital over the years during the pandemic to really go in and help our clients through these challenging times. Our, our clients typically are always operating in a recession. They, they don't ever really understand what a really great market is just because they're typically undercapitalized, they're smaller, they're struggling, they don't have a lot of net worth to work with and, and a lot of additional capital in their business to support them in a, in a tough time. So they're always kind of in that, that mode of how do I stay afloat? Uh, but we had a lot of additional resources come to Pathway and CDFIs across the country to really provide a lot of one-on-one -on -one assistance to help these businesses pivot. We hired a digital marketing specialist who worked with a lot of our clients who had never been online to go online during the pandemic and start a website, start a Facebook page, start everything they needed to to be able to continue to operate their business and sell during the pandemic. He was extremely busy for the first 18 months of the pandemic. Uh, he was night and day helping folks set up web pages. And so those are some of the unique things that we have the capacity to do and, and bring in unique resources to entrepreneurs. In terms of attracting talent, um, one of the things that we tell all of our team members, especially during the, the recruiting process, is that this could be one of the most challenging things you've ever done, but it also can be one of the most rewarding. Um, at the end of the day, you really do feel like you've gotten something accomplished and you've helped somebody move along the economic mainstream and move along the economic ladder. The other piece is, you know, we do have occasionally um, attracted, as Clint mentioned, team members that uh, find it a little bit too challenging. Um, we don't really have a box that we operate in. So we don't have a, you know, there's not the standard checklist of, okay, if you can go through this, then you'll get to here. We really do work with our clients and just about every deal that we do has some nuance to it 
that that makes it one beneficial for the client but beneficial for us as well but also makes it a little bit unique in terms of how we structure our transactions yeah hank i think i think the lending piece is pretty self-explanatory and you mentioned this earlier can you expand a little bit about the educational side of it so how does how do you i've got an idea i don't really know what to do you know or i've i've, I've been in business for six months a year two years whatever and and now i've got an opportunity to grow a traditional bank probably not going to be the option for a, a company that's been in business for that that length of time. So, so what educational uh, opportunities do you provide for that company other than just the lending? Obviously, the capital is key, but but a lot of people you give them capital, you know that they can burn through that over a period of months. What what do you do to help them promote that long term sustainability? So we've had a variety of different evolutions of our educational services. We call it business advisory services. The, the, the term in the industry is technical assistance. And we really got started with that when we started doing the SBA microloan program, when we actually got started as a lending organization. And it's the capital and the education piece that I think is critically important. Um, if you look at the affordable housing industry, the home buyer education side, there's a little, there's a, some serious parallels to what we do on that side to the affordable housing piece. But really from a small business perspective, it's everything from, you know, we've got a team of business advisory services folks that go out and do nothing but work with our clients one-on-one. -on -one. Really just really getting to know their business and helping our clients understand their business. Everybody that we pretty much work with is really good at making the widget or making whatever product it is that they need to make, but they might not understand the cyclical nature of their cash flow or what it costs them to make the product. Or So we provide that detailed level of service. We also, through our pathway learning uh, opportunities, provide a number of different types of programs, as Clint mentioned, everything from emerging developers to connect to capital types of more classroom-based or curriculum-based training. Uh, because of the pandemic, we uh, used to be able to do a lot of that stuff in a classroom-based setting, actually physically in a classroom-based setting, but we've really gone to an online model um, and we found that we've got much greater market penetration with that as well because instead of, you know, us having a class and having people come into the class, now they're able to do all of this online and some of it is kind of at a self, I guess, taught or self progress level so you don't have to do it all at once you can do it over various time points of time whenever you get the opportunity but we really um, have focused on that as a critical piece of not only the work that we do from a service perspective for our communities but also you know it's a credit enhancement for us because like you guys y'all have deposit relationships and other types of relationships with your small business clients or your your loan clients and you really get the optics on their financials and, and how they're doing and what they're doing and when they're doing it uh, we as a non-depository nonprofit CDFI don't have those types of optics. So this also gives us the optics into our clients' businesses that I think ultimately allow us to, to manage our portfolio in a much more effective way. Let's boil it down to just Middle Tennessee for a second. You know, what other opportunities, you talked about the multifamily, we talked about the affordable housing, what other opportunities outside of that do you really see as, as something you guys can have an impact on here? Well, uh, here in Middle Tennessee, there are a couple things. We'll start right off the bat with the first thing that we're working on right now is we're working with Metro Nashville. Uh, we received some capital from Metro Nashville to enhance our Nashville Opportunity Fund, which is our small business lending program here in Nashville. For businesses impacted by the pandemic, uh, they're able to access, if they meet some minimum standards, they're able to access 2% capital 
for five years to help build their business, recover their business, implement things they need to do for their business. That all went live two weeks ago. And so we're looking for for entrepreneurs. We've got a big target market of North Nashville. We've got a big target market uh, of Southeast Davidson County, but it's really available to any entrepreneur uh, with less than a million dollars in revenue in Davidson County and less than 50 employees uh, as an opportunity not to compete with our bank partners, but really to help supplement what they've been able to do through the pandemic. And then I think if you look to the other side of our business, back in 2010, we launched with the state of Tennessee and Tennessee Valley Authority an energy efficiency loan program that provides commercial, industrial, and nonprofits deeply discounted capital typically 2% or 3% capital to implement energy efficiency retrofits to their existing facilities. I think that has probably been one of the most successful programs we've implemented over the years. And as a matter of fact, we'll be receiving award for that program this afternoon. Uh, So we're pretty excited about that, the Governor's Award for Sustainability. And it's really brought to the forefront how much entrepreneurs, building owners can save and make their building more valuable at the end of the day, which makes it a better transaction for you as the banker who's financing the majority of the building. And so that, you know, if you look at our three lending lines of business, it's it's focused heavily on small business. That's about 60% of what we do. We've got about 30% of what we do in the multifamily sector and then 10% in the energy efficiency. So it gives us a kind of balanced platform to be able able to meet a lot of different entrepreneurs, business owners, community needs where they are. And it's it's been a successful way for us to continue to bring new resources into the marketplace. Uh, we say regularly, we try to be as entrepreneurial as the businesses we finance. Uh, if not, uh, we're not going to be in business. And so we saw an opportunity with energy efficiency. And I think a lot with the rising energy costs that we're seeing now, you know, TVA is going to have to raise rates. TVA is at the top of their demand peak on a regular basis these days. So anything we as business owners can do to reduce our operating costs that also stabilizes the environment for operations from an energy perspective, I I think is a good way to look at it. Uh, We've done everything from white roofs to building envelopes. We do a lot of lighting fuel changeovers. We're starting to see more and more folks looking at changing over their fuel sources for their facilities. Energy recapture in manufacturing facilities is a big piece of what's going on now uh, as big industry sees that they're losing a lot of potential heat and how can they use that heat to create energy internally. And so it gives us a lot of flexibility to bring capital, unique capital to a situation that, you know, a traditional bank's going to say, Uh, I'm not sure about this energy recapture, Um, but we've got phenomenal engineers that we work with that can really put a dollar sign to that, to that savings, to that that generation piece, uh, which is another opportunity for businesses specifically in Middle Tennessee to be able to to improve their operations. Certainly. We've been able to monetize that. So I think one of the interesting things about our energy efficiency program is the savings typically go to cover, if not all of the cost of the debt service, a good portion of the cost of the debt service. And that's something that we evangelica, even let's say we, we, we preached a lot, I should say, when we first started the program. And there was some skepticism in the market that it was actually going to happen. Um, and now we've actually been able to monetize it and prove that, yes, this does save you money, but it also generates you revenue as well to a degree that you can also help cover the debt service on your loan. So lighting is, is probably the, the 
the easiest and lowest barrier to entry for this product. Uh, but it's amazing how much you can save. And we did this on our building here in Nashville. It's amazing how much you can save on your energy costs just by, you know, upgrading your lighting. And we had a, a huge push over the last couple of years with schools implementing lighting retrofits, HVAC retrofits. We finance a lot of the YMCAs around the state for all their pumps at their pools and everything to retrofit those and, and get them to newer models so that they're saving that energy so that more of that community benefit can be there. But yeah, it, it's, it's unique in seeing how many different industries go, hey, that's a place where if we're not spending that on power or electricity or whatever it is, we can do more of the social stuff we want to do in our business. Durham, I know you've had some customers that you've interacted with Pathway on where we've kind of shared some relationships. Any Anything you can add to that? Well, I'll say really for me, it's twofold seeing regions and, and Pathway and the partnership and, and where we can be a capital partner and see a lot of the differences that, that Pathway makes and, and the communities serve. But also being able to use Pathway as a resource. I know we have a couple of clients who've taken advantage of the energy efficiency programs that you guys have, have put together. And then it's not just me. I know we have a handful in our of colleagues who have been able to use Pathway as a resource. So I'll just make the comment that it's it's been great to be able to work with businesses where work with Pathway to help provide them with guidance and uh, potentially a solution to help them continue to operate and grow their their business too. And I'd like to get involved. What's what's the best way for, for me to do that? Uh, the best way to do that is to contact myself or Hank or anyone on our staff. Our team is always looking for new opportunities to, to add stakeholders to the mix. And it, it can range from a broad suite of things. It can be, you know, I know Regions has been a great partner in teaching some of our classes in our Women's Business Center. Uh, we've got our Veterans Business Outreach Center that goes on base at bases all over the state to teach Boots to Business, which is transitioning military, getting into entrepreneurship. We've got a lot of phenomenal military folks out there who have great skill sets and, and want to run their own business. And so we're starting to broaden that instead of it just being done on base across the state. We're starting to launch those boots to business for veterans and their family members. The unique thing about the Veterans Business Outreach Center is it's not just for the veterans. It's also available to any of their family members to get these resources. And so, you know, there's always opportunities to teach these boots to business classes, participate in them, refer veterans to us. And, and then from the lending side, um, Hank leads our capital raise opportunities primarily. And so we're always raising additional capital for our loan programs. Uh, we've been fortunate in that a lot of our partners have been with us a long time, but uh, we have a goal to, to bring three to four new stakeholders on the lending side of our business in each year. It helps us broaden the reach both from the availability of capital, but also it lets another segment of the banking community know who we are, know how we can help their clients, like Duran said, and, and be that referral source, uh, that trusted advisor. Uh, we are not a first call lender. Banks are first call lenders. We're really there to be the the, the second person that, that goes in and spends the extra time to grow the business. And that that's, that's what CD CDFIs do. If you look at it on the affordable housing side, we've got great CDFIs that do home ownership that do the same thing. People can't get a traditional mortgage loan. They go to a CDFI that focuses on home ownership. Same thing with affordable multifamily development. We've got some great CDFIs. I know y'all work with a lot of them here um, that, that really need that extra help capacity-wise to be able to serve that lower-income individual. Where CDFIs work is 
on the ground floor of how the economy runs. We work day in and day out to help those folks at some of the lower income levels that the economy won't work with without. We're seeing that right now with regard to the, the employee shortage. And if those folks don't have safe, affordable housing, if they don't have the opportunity for a good job that pays them well because some entrepreneur didn't have access to capital, then it, it impacts the whole economy. And so that's really the unique thing about CDFI is we really sit at the base of that pyramid to some degree in working with those basic needs of safe housing, affordable housing, healthy housing, and a good job to be able to bring people up through the economy. Well, we at Region certainly appreciate the partnership we have with Pathway and, and also the dedication to the communities that we all live and work in. Clearly, you can see firsthand the, the impact your organization is making and, and hope to continue to see your vision play out in the future. Well, thank you for having us. It's been a great chat. Well, thank you. Thanks for, for coming on. Thanks for participating, really, to all our guests. And thanks to our listeners at Regions Business Radio Nashville, presented by Regions Bank, member FDIC, and Equal Housing Lender. You can enjoy our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com and selecting the Nashville studio, and then click on Regions Business Radio. This program is also available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe to the program so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. I'm Kelly Key, and you've been listening to Regions Business Radio Nashville on Business Radio X. Regions Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be accounting, legal, tax, investment, or financial advice. Regions believes this information to be accurate when recorded, but it cannot ensure that it will remain up to date. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation. The information should not be construed as a recommendation of a specific course of action for any individual or business. All Regions products and services are subject to qualification requirements, terms, conditions, fees, and credit approval.